Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. You know, I feel sometimes like this show has done Tom Selleck dirty. The only movie we have honored him in is some 1980s sort of future dystopian movie called Runaway, featuring no other than Gene Simmons as the villain. That movie was absolute hot garbage, like not even a bad movie that was fun to watch. It was just... A fucking bad. So today we are attempting to redeem this mustachioed legend by taking the podcastio once again back to the wild bush of Australia in the 1990 neo-western film Quigley Down Under. It's a movie that sounds like it was already a sequel to some other Quigley movie. Like the first one was Quigley Oregon Trail, then the sequel would be Quigley Down Under, and the third movie would be Quigley in the Hood. So anyway, enough playing around. This goddamn movie is two hours long, and I don't have time to dilly-dally, so let's grab our custom 13.5-pound single-shot 1874 Sharps rifle with 34-inch barrel, partner, with, partner up with the bosomy redhead, and call ourselves Roy, because it's time to party, bitch! Now play that shit theme song! <laughs> Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <And> awesome. <laughs> it's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio. I'm your host, Daniel Segura, and today we welcome a first-time guest to the show. He's the host of the Skip the Noise podcast, which we're not skipping the noise in this podcast. I'm fucking being loud. I don't care. But for his podcast, it's called Skip the Noise. His name is Benjamin Benji James. Welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? I am doing. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw another shrimp on the bobby, mate, but... Uh... <laughs> No, I'm doing outstanding, man. I'm so excited to be on the podcast, yo. My favorite podcast, yo, on the internet, uh, mind you. And the best, not only that, but it's the by far the best podcast, yo, that uh, reviews movies starring actors with glorious mustaches. So, so props to you. You've yeah. cornered that market. We don't have a lot of competition, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> no, but, you know? but you rule it. With I'm just kind of swinging my podcastio dick along the podcastio <laughs> yes. internets. And that's you know? why we, that's why we like it. Just poning fools, but uh, <laughs> dude, right. yeah, thanks so much for coming through, man. I'm glad uh, that you're one of the kind of one of those podcasts I've been following around. Like, you know, we follow each other on Instagram. We've gone back and forth. So after a while, I was like, dude, just be on the show. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It does seem a long time coming. So I'm glad it's finally, uh, finally the day. Hell yeah, dude. So uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about what Skip the Noise podcast is all about. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of the mediator or moderator between two uh, a good friends of mine. One is very <laughs> left wing. One is very right wing. And uh, the hilarity <laughs> ensues. But we talk about news and politics. And that's kind of what what starts the whole thing is maybe a, a debate, if you will, between the two of them. But obviously it gets, uh, you know, as our state of minds reach. Uh, different levels towards the end of the show it, it tends to unravel a little bit and that's kind of the the established format so oh, yeah um, but yeah man we we have fun but we do like to we pride ourselves in trying to um it's very on the cuff uh podcast like the topics we come up with are basically from that day we'll we text each other back and forth and then we'll we'll record the show generally speaking i get it out the very next day so we try to we kind of pride ourselves on being like right on the the top of uh 
what's going on. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I just heard your last episode, and it was crazy current events, and you you cover quite a bit of topics within one episode. And let me tell y'all, folks, some hot fucking takes in this last episode. <laughs> I think someone uh, may have uh, uh, supported Bill Cosby, and <laughs> someone else started talking about um, how. Uh, check this, y'all. So one of them, I'm not sure which one, because I haven't, I need to kind of get familiar with the names of your co-hosts there, but one of them uh, said that climate change is actually the fact that we're getting older and we're just getting more cold, right. and uh, so we need more warm. <laughs> Some shit like that. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, it is, Um, it might make you rage out a little bit, but at the same time, it's funny, and I had a good time with it, so. Oh, appreciate it. I'm glad, I do glad, like that. Glad you like it. Outstanding. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, <laughs> these guys are really coming in. So it's a good time, man. And you are, you really do a good job of being a moderator because you never really seem to like, you don't get too emotional. You're like trying to be as neutral as you can, and you do a good job, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, I would be very insulty and just like too sharp tongued, and yeah, I would just end up losing my friends. Because <laughs> were y'all friends prior to starting the show? Yeah, so I grew oh, okay. up with uh, the the other Ben. That's why in, in real life I go by Ben, but the both of us are Ben. He's Benito. I'm Benjamin. Uh, oh, cool. or, or I start. I try to refer to him to avoid the confusion. To, uh, Mexican Nostradamus, as he likes to be called for <laughs> his his knack for predicting. And bo- you think I'm bullshitting? Go back and listen to our episodes. And when certain news come out, uh, the dude definitely earned his his nickname while doing the show uh and then uh rick uh, the other co-host the two of them knew each other longer um but you know I, i'm good friends with him as well so yes we were all friends um oh. prior to recording and uh it, it actually started with the text thread that just sort of happened organically like the two of them would be arguing about some bullshit and i'd add my little <laughs> two cents in and then it was like <laughs> you know what fuck man this is a great recipe for a uh a show so yeah. that's kind of how it developed well, I don't know if you'll feel comfortable calling this, but if I'm ever on your show as a guest, I'm going to call him Beaner Damas. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, uh, you should. And I think you may. That might have earned your ticket to the show. Because <laughs> I want to yeah. get his reaction. That's right. Yeah, that would be hilarious. That would be phenomenal. So but, I dude, happens. so I can't even remember who – did I pick this movie? <laughs> I don't remember. Yes. Okay, yeah, you, okay. You did. It is one that uh, several people, I'm sure there's some listeners that were like, damn, I wanted to be in this one or something like that. But I'm sorry, whoever told me about this in the past, I didn't write your name down. So Benji takes your place. <laughs> but but I just had this on the list for quite a while. And you mentioned you mentioned you're like, yeah, I'm down for whatever I think. And then that's what made me think like, oh, yeah, Quigley Down Under was one of those in my back pocket. I was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And little did I know that this was a goddamn like two hour adventure western um action movie. Uh damn, it's like a whole thing. Like holy shit. It, and I think too, you know, I actually as I was watching it when I saw uh like what the length was, because I watched it on Netflix and you could see, you know, right away what the, the duration. I was I did notice like they really are taking their fucking time. Like I, I don't oh, remember yeah. like I didn't know what uh well, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I, I didn't know what Tom Selleck, because at this point we don't know his name. I didn't know what anything about him until, shit, it must have been about 15 minutes in of, like, why he was in Australia yeah. or anything. It yeah, took- you don't know shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't know shit. 
And also, this movie is one of those movies, y'all, where it really it wouldn't be even close to as long as it is if you took out all the riding and the walking. Yes. There was so much riding on horses, walking, um, scenic shots, like long scenic shots. So really the movie isn't that – like I did not take as many notes as I've taken in other movies considering how long it was because of that. Because I'm just like, and they're on horses again. And they're yeah. going to this village. It's nighttime again. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's a lot of shit like that. Um, the one, the one little tidbit that I have, cause y'all know I don't really do too much background stuff, but this movie is directed by si- uh, Simon Winsor, who not only, uh, he directed one of the other movies we've covered on this show. It's called Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, okay. uh, which is a movie about as dumb as the name of it. But <laughs> at the same time, I still kind of liked it. <laughs> it's, um, it's what my guest at the time, Charlie, he called it a, um, dick flick, I believe. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's a total dick flick, because you have um a young Don John, well not that young, but a you know thirties Don Johnson, and you have a uh, Mickey Rourke when he wasn't like before he was fugly as shit. Yeah, um, right. Got Mickey Rourke in there, so it was a, it was a quite, yeah, it's definitely a dick flick. Um, but he also directed Lonesome Dove, and when I was watching this movie, I kept thinking of that TV miniseries Lonesome Dove, right. which has like Tommy Lee Jones, a bunch of other huge cats. And the visuals, the music, super similar. So if y'all have seen Lonesome Dove and you liked it, you'll probably like this too. It's kind of the same vibe. Um, he definitely did not stray far away. I'm not sure which one came before which. I, pro- I think Lonesome Dove came out a little bit past this movie. So he definitely used some of the similar tricks that he used in this movie. Mm-hmm. So anyway, man, uh, without further ado, let's go and just uh, get into this movie. Fuck it. So um, like you said, this movie... It doesn't waste any time. We just, but at the same time, we don't know what the hell's happening. We just see a guy <laughs> right. getting ready. He's doing like a bunch of cowboy shit, putting on belts, pulling bullets, yeah. and putting them in sleeves, prepping a saddle. He looks at a map using his finger when there's no one with him. He, no one else has to know what he's looking at. He can just use his eyeballs. But it's so we know he is going to the southwest <laughs> coast yeah. of Australia. <laughs> I love little shit like that. It's, it's true. so funny. It is true. Like it's showing. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, toot toot. Wait, I don't think ships do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, maybe, uh, ships but... ahoy! Yeah, he's he on a ahoy. boat. Yeah, he ships ahoy. We're in a uh, Fremantle, Western Australia, is what the movie tells us. And by the way, this actually was all shot in Australia, which was awesome. Uh, they also use a lot of uh, we. You know, I don't know a lot of the actors, but I'm sure any Australians listening to the show, there's some. Good old Australian actors in this movie as well, so I'm glad they hired some locals. Uh, yeah, which is good. They, uh, the director is Australian. Okay, I was wondering that. I didn't know, uh, but the the cast though, like the main characters though, seem to all be, um, well, either American or Brits. Yeah, they they definitely did use um, a couple of Americanos. Yeah, yeah, they got a couple. Uh, you got a couple, you know. Got you know, you got to make money. You know, you got to have you got to. Right. You gotta have an American lead, um, and Tom Selleck is just the man for that. Uh, he's looking like a damn boss. He's got right away. We see his boss ass mustache, uh, and his name is uh, Quigley, which is a really funny name. And we immediately get our save the cat in screenwriting rule here, where he scolds a man with a big old beard for pushing people out of the way to get off the ship. Right. He lets this old couple go ahead, and then he ends up hitting that dude right in the balls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he yeah. racked him. The guy with the um, with a weird accent and a weird hat. 
right? He had yeah. like the <laughs> he had like almost a, a, a like he's some fur trapper, but he didn't have. I guess immediately it took us a while to get to our first Australian accent. Speaking back to accents, because he had some kind of I don't know what if we were supposed to know what he was supposed to be. But uh, I have no idea. He he, was, he definitely wasn't Australian. Right. Like he was, was talking real weird. And yeah, he ended up. Yeah. Uh, so we know right away uh, that Tom Selleck is our moral, you know, hey, don't uh, yeah. don't cut the line. That's not fair. I'm the it reminded me um, so much of Tombstone because Tombstone starts off with Wyatt Earp arriving in Tombstone. And right away he whips a guy in the face for whipping his horse too hard. Yeah. Um, it's like same like, oh, he's a good guy. Right. Like Establishing that without any, for, you know what I mean? Right at the, at the yep. gate. So we know that mustache is, uh, on our side. And then he arrives in town and quickly runs into like an Australian leprechaun person. Like he kind of started <laughs> kind of leprechaun. He's like a lady of the night to need son. He's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like trying to hook him up with hookers and he's trying to find yeah. him a place to stay. Uh, then all of a sudden we are introduced to a, a young looking Laura Sen. I don't know how to say Giacomo. Um, she plays crazy Cora in this movie, and she's fucking crazy. Like yeah. she's doing some crazy ass shit right, right out of the gate she's, too. She's biting <laughs> motherfucker. Shit. She's like full. Uh, like she's trying to eat people. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, like she seemed kind of rabid. Like I was like, oh shit, there's some disease <laughs> right. flowing through. Yeah. Through in Australia, like shit, she's got it. Whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, she got it. Sure, she brought it from wherever she came from. At that point, we don't know. And uh, Quigley, uh, she starts calling Quigley Roy out of nowhere, and these three Aussies are trying to get a hold of her and take her on their wagon. And they say that they need a couple of white whores because uh, uh, you know <laughs> the guys on back again tired of the black woman that they have employed. Which I at this point I was like they must be referring to the indigenous women of Australia, right? And which we will learn more about. They're they're kind of like the nucleus of this movie as yeah. we go along. I had no idea what to expect in this movie, um, but we do we do learn more about them uh, and their involvement in the movie as we go along. So then like a fight breaks out. Because he's trying to keep them from getting crazy Cora, even though she's obviously insane. But he just immediately wants to protect her because she's a woman. She's right. innocent. Yeah. And um, this is when you realize – this is when I realize, bro, that, oh, this is supposed to be like a fun adventure. Because, like, all this fun shit is happening. Like, she's like – she hits him in the face <laughs> accidentally yeah. with, like, some kind of something. Like a big old staff or some shit. And <laughs> – it's like all like hijinks, goofy. But that's why this movie kind of, I don't know, like it doesn't know how to make you feel because there's moments like this where it's kind of like, oh, we're fighting and it's dangerous, but we're also kind of laughing. And then like there's some like serious sad shit we're going to get into, y'all. Oh, As we go dude, along. Th yeah, like it gets, it does. <laughs> it surprisingly gets dark. Like the, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything so early. Weird. but Yeah. It is so weird. Um, So yeah, we get, we just get all sort of shit going on. And then, um, Eventually, they realize because he goes, listen, lady, you keep calling me Roy. My name is Matthew Quigley. And the Australian guy's like, oh, you're actually one of the guys we're supposed to be getting to. <laughs> so they just stop punching each other and they get on the wagon and they head onto the road, uh, apparently. And everything's good. And they're hitting the road and they run into some uh, what they call. I think I think this is the point. Or no, no. I think this is when they they stop for a minute. And at some point, she's like trying to bandage his head. And he's like getting super pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of like 
their interactions are kind of, I guess, the almost com- comedy relief in a way. I, right. I don't know. Definitely at first, because they're playing off it's the so crazy. It's so confusing. Right. Like, like at first, like it's funny when we get to the developing her character, but from where she starts to where she ends is a pretty significant um, turn. Arc. You know, yeah, yeah it's a pretty significant arc. Insane. Like you said, you're, she's like a ravenous zombie trying to eat people in this crowded, uh, you know, area. And um, town, yeah, yeah, it, it kind of over time, just she she inches her way into uh, sanity and, and sympathy, I guess. Yeah, like, I mean, technically she has, like, mad PSD, as we'll yeah. learn later, and that and that's why she comes across the way she comes across, right. and she keeps thinking he's Roy. And I think uh, because he's American, that's what kind of triggered it for her. So she keeps calling him Roy, and he's oh, getting okay. really annoyed. By the way, it would piss me off, too, by the way. Yeah, Someone if kept so, calling somebody refused to call you your name that you just told them what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah that, that might get a little annoying. <laughs> So uh, once again, we head back on the fucking trail. This is one of the many uh, riding scenes and <laughs> some Western symphonic music playing. They they run into what they call red coats, which is you know what they refer to the British bitches, and <laughs> they <laughs> uh, they apparently arrested some dude for cattle theft, um, which they learn they're like, bro, he's dead, dude. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and the British guy's like, well, it'll be a short trial. <laughs> like, damn, some dark shit. Yeah, it is. And a uh, British guy does a bunch of Britishy shit here. He puts like a little monocle toward his eye and yeah. talks a little shit about Australia. He talks a little shit about Americans, how he thinks they're uncouth individuals. Right. And uh, quickly responds by saying, uh, well, in America, you know, because he says with, about Australia that watch out in Australia because they're basically the outlaws and the misfits that we sh- took out of our, you know, our country and we threw them over here. And America says uh, he says, "Well, America, we already got rid of our misfits, meaning the British, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is like, oh, yeah. yeah, that was a zinger. That was a significant zinger early. Ah, oh, we just celebrated Independence Day not that long ago, I so know. this was fresh. Yeah, this it was. was fresh. So the British people head out after that, and they get some comedic, some more comedic back and forth with Cor. And I, after a while, I just start calling them Quigs. So <laughs> I'll be calling them Quigs here <laughs> I and like there." That. <laughs> So uh, it's like night. <laughs> Let's go, Quigs. We'll go quick. So it's nighttime again, and uh, Quigs is just chilling like a villain. He's got a hand rolled cigarette in his mouth. Cora mentions that things seem different in Australia. That they made a uh, that they say God made Australia last because he had made everything else the same. So that's why Australia's so weird. Then uh, Cora mentions to Quigs something about something, but she calls him Roy again, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo." You really need to get my name right. Like, you know, and she offers him some fun fun. Like, she's like, yeah, hey, she Roy, does like, some fun fun. <laughs> yeah, she offers him a little yeah. fun fun. And uh, he freaks out because he's like, this lady is bonk. Like, I guess there's something about, like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I would feel a little weird. Like, if I didn't think a woman was completely of sound mind, like, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I don't yeah. really want to. It might put you off. Even if right? she's hot. Yeah. Well, and I think at this point, too, he's not. Um... They're not like locked in yet. He's still he, okay. He's got to deal with her to an extent at this point, but he isn't committed to the idea of that. He's going to have to spend any significant amount of time around crazy Cora. Yeah. He's way he's, more focused on getting to, yeah, money. he's just getting, like, that's shit really first. what he's yeah. there for. Yeah. And, uh, which he does eventually get to, we, you know, we're playing our red dead redemption 
<laughs> Red Dead Redemption game, and <laughs> we eventually get to our destination, which is the Marston Waters. Uh, I was going to say resort, but I guess it's more of a ranch. <laughs> it is, it is kind of a resort. Re- yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a resort. We meet our douchebag of the movie, Elliot Marston, oh, uh, yeah. played by the 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 great uh, um, Alan Rickman. My God, this guy is just awesome. I love yeah. him in everything he's in. He's so good. And you automatically know he's a douchebag because everyone else is super fucking dirty, and this guy's coming out in the cleanest fucking yeah. cowboy suit you've ever seen. Oh, God. It is so... So interesting, but he basically they have a little back and forth, you know, a little dick measuring contest, and yeah. he gives he gives uh, he gives Quigley fifty bucks in gold coin just for showing up, which sounds like a shitload of money for whatever time period this is. This looks like it was, it's a, a while back. Yeah, yeah, and 18. yeah, they don't do they ever give the year? I don't, I don't think, think they, they do, but I'm I'm thinking eighteen, like mid eighteen hundreds is is what I'm putting it at. I could be wrong, but yeah, just from looking at the pistols and stuff, pretty yeah. old. And Marston mentions that his goal was to hire the finest long distance marksman in the world, and he put like an ad out, like in all these countries. And he said most gunmen sent him letters, but all Quig sent was uh, the ad with his name on it and bullet holes in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking boss move. That 100%. is some boss moves. <laughs> so. Um, so he wants to uh, he wants to test Quig's skills. Uh, so you know Tom Selleck busts out his experimental weapon. Then after that, he brings out his rifle and uh, he uh, yeah. sends a dude. They 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 send a dude out to lay a barrel super super far, way out there. This is kind of a fun little scene. This is like that, like oh this look, is. he's a real sharpshooter. Yeah, you know? this sets the tone. Like this is it gets it. It lets him showcase his uh, bad acidness, so we know. Oh, yeah. So we take him seriously. Like, okay, yeah, this guy came all the way from fucking America, not to fuck around. Like, he he knows how to shoot, you know. Hell yeah, because he knocks the shit out of that bucket and makes it heads it over the 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 cliff. No one believed he can do it. So yeah, so he knows what he's talking about. He does have like a pretty special rifle that he uses, but we do find out later that he also was really good. It's like one of those things. You know, it's not all about just the weapon or the instrument or whatever. Like, I, I this is way nerdier than a cool rifle, but um, I used to play trumpet in high school, and I was pretty mm-hmm. good at it. And whenever I would get a new mouthpiece, because I was a first trumpet, everybody would get that mouthpiece thinking that they were going to also be good. But <laughs> I was good. You, yeah. Yeah, so – that's just, I'm sure like same with like any sport, skateboarding or you want to get a certain skateboard or shoes, you know, if you're playing sports and shit like that. Like, yeah, it's all bullshit like that. So I think he's also pretty fucking talented in others, you know, just a marksman in general, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he shows off his skills. We get some scene where Marston uh, goes to go speak to some. I don't know. I think they're like British turncoats or some shit. And his main guy wears like a black beret. He mm-hmm. looks like. Captain Boomerang or some shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really does. Like he oh, just looks man. like dope. Yeah. And he's like his main uh, right hand man that yes. controls like his whole little kind of mini militia that he's got going on. And uh yeah, some shit unfolds where the, the British turncoats try to attack the Captain Boomerang and then fucking Marston turns around like thinking he's a badass, he kills both of them right there and then. And they're done. And he's just, it's just a fucking dick 
pissing that, that is that's all that is yeah. it's a dick yeah he's just like i'll watch me kill these two motherfuckers and he's trying to be all tough you know he's trying yeah. he's he's just flexing a little bit and then back to your the the main henchman with the beret like that's yeah. the most australian shit ever oh yeah no you know he looks I mean? like they're super australian like, <laughs> like he was I don't made know like what... in some kind of factory <laughs> yeah bro. like i don't know what it is about australia like when I say make that statement, like the most Australian, but when it's like, you know, it when you see it, <laughs> yes. right? Like and this guy, like it's always Mad Max, like no matter yeah. what, like you era. don't even have to hear him talk. Like you just are like, yep, that guy's Australian. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like that's a fucking Australian right there. Look at him. Yes. Like you can like tap him on the shoulder and just dust would come off, you know, like just yeah. the fucking sandy <laughs> dust that's there in Australia. So um, it's <laughs> so it's nighttime now, and the token Irishman in the group is all bitching about Quigs, and that he's he, he's like he's such a little bitch. I can't stand this guy. No offense like, to Irish people. Well, he gets the fucking lamb chops, and we're we're eating bullshit back here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Because like, he thinks he's a good shooter too. So he's right. like, "Yo, fuck this dude. Like, I could do what he does." And we get this dinner scene, which is kind of the catalyst of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like one yes. of the most important scenes in the movie. Cause it's really like, once again, they're doing their back and forth. Marston's is a fucking bigot. And yeah. he talks a lot about guns and like American gun, American made guns. He loves like the wild West. They talk about Dodge city, uh, yes. which was like one of the original Western frontier towns in the States. And, so he's like in love with all of this shit. So he really admires Quiggs for a second. He respects him because where he's from. But Quiggs is like, yeah, but why did you bring me all the way over here? Like, there's no way you brought me here just to be killing dingoes. Like, there's no way that's worth the money you're paying me. And we do notice around this time that Marston does have an indigenous man yes. who is basically an indentured servant, a.k.a. slave. Yeah. So this already is like adding to his shit qualities here. So then yeah. uh, other than the fact he looks like Rickman, which, you know, Alan Rickman just looks like a fucking asshole villain, which I, I love him. But let's face it, like he always looks like a bad guy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he can't help it. Yeah. And he talks – He first he discusses, you know, to Quigley, tells him about, like, you know how y'all had Native Americans and then y'all, like, slaughtered all of them? So that's basically why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? You know how you have all these Native Americans? You know how you slaughtered them? Yeah, that's why That's why I sent you to Australia. Yep. Yeah, and but- – uh, oh, shit. It's rough. It is. It's Well, it's like – you're right. Like, this sets the to- – like – now you they those questions are answered like yeah why would this dude come all the way to here like oh but and then it's revealed and you see what's interesting like a couple minutes before i think when he was shooting when he shot those two dudes the deserters or whatever yeah they had i think it was in that scene you had those two indigenous the uh you know aboriginal ladies like (laughs) with super like judging gazes and like at up to that point though you hadn't seen any so it was funny cuz in my head i was like huh that was that shot was there for a reason and then boom like quickly thereafter you realize oh yeah he's trying to like exterminate i mean this guy's like a little mini little mini regional hitler you know what i mean yeah he's like a mini <laughs> um jefferson all right no he's yeah, like a mini sure. andrew, he's like a mini andrew jackson <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, not Jefferson. Yeah, wrong, he's like trying to commit president. genocide, basically, like yeah, with the best shooter in the fucking world. Is all he's doing. 
And uh, bas- yeah, because basically what he tells Quiggs is that these, you know, these Aborigines are really hard to get. They stay outside of the range of a regular gun, so that's why he needed a sharpshooter. And at that moment, it's really fucking funny because you literally see Marston get shit thrown out of a like a window or his front door window, right. out of the house like super far. And the guys, his men, start charging in. He's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! No one throws me out of my house. I'm going to take care of this." Then he goes back in, marches back in, fucking gets thrown out a second time. And he's like, get him! What are y'all doing? (laughs) Yeah. And and you know what what occurred to me at this moment in the the film, too, is like for for Quigley, for Quiggs, um, can you imagine like the investment, fucking money, time to go all the way to Australia, like in the 1800s, only to have some asshole be like... Well, yeah, I hired you to exterminate uh, a population of indigenous people to this region. Like, oh, what? dude, I'd be so and then, pissed. Yeah, you'd be pretty pissed, right? Yeah, and he's just like, you fucking piece of shit. I can't imagine how long the boat ride is. Like, fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, oh. that's a lot of time to be mulling over the possibilities of what awaits you in the down under. And then for this guy to be like, yeah, just all you have to do is just <laughs> you know, kill some so, people. So a big old fight breaks out, you know, that uh, he's basically it, – it is well, it, not really a fight breaks out because he honestly has good position. Quiggs does, but um, the aboriginal servant comes from behind because he's loyal to Marston as long as Marston's, right. you know, around. Yeah. And so he smacks the shit out of him in the back of the head. Next thing you know, they're all kicking his ass. Um, fucking crazy uh, – I was going to call her crazy – crazy uh, Cora – Comes through, they punch her in the face really fucked up, and Marston's like, tie him up, send him way out to whoever, like, send him out a distance, dump him, and let Australia kill his ass, and the posse decides to dump Cora with him, because she's just scratching eyes and shit, nobody wants to fuck with her. Yeah, nobody wants to fuck with that. Have sex with her. Yeah, nobody wants to fuck with that. They're like, fuck that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's kind of like, I guess that's like the, like... You know, like if you ever go to prison, maybe that will help. If you just got real crazy, is there like scratching right. eyes? That's a good maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna one. shit myself every day if I went to prison, but I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, you could do that. Work. That's one. That's one route, or the crazy core <laughs> route. That's option B. <laughs> uh, or just learn to love it. So then they, <laughs> they yeah, yeah, that's option. That's right. Option C. Option C. <laughs> so uh, they head out. And they they dump Quiggs out. Uh, just uh, he just under his breath mentions, "You forgot the gold." That's and uh, right. somehow they fucking hear him over the sound of horses <laughs> stomping on fucking Australian <laughs> dirt. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. They stop. The guy tries to get the gold. Quig stabs his ass in the stomach. The guy that's left hits, uh, gets the horse carriage going super fast, and of course, Quiggs boom snipes oh, his ass. Gotcha. Yeah, he does. Pretty dope. Sharp. It's a cool yeah. scene. Uh, one of the first like legit action scenes, I would say, and mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he removes Cora from her restraints, and they head out in the bush to seek refuge. But you know they're in Australia, and it's hot as fuck, so we get a lot of walking and tired faces, yeah. heat exhaust exhaustion. She falls. He almost leaves her for a second. He's like, oh fuck. I mean, she's not big, but she's still weight. But he's like, ah, right. fuck it, fine. I'll lift her up. So he puts her up on his shoulder. They keep walking. And they end up knocking out. And then there's a scene really quick in Marston's compound where the stupid 
British guys come through. They ask him to identify these two people they found, and Marston's thinking it's going to be Quiggs and Cora, yeah. but it's not. It's just two mm-hmm. other dudes. So then he's like, fuck, that means they're still alive. So then all of a sudden a tribe of the indigenous people find Quiggs and Cora. They take them to their village. They give them a bunch of water. This is like their first like meeting. Oh, they do yeah, like this... a sort of restoration ritual or something. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's dope. Yeah. The whole thing is dope. Like they're it's like an info cool. exchange, powwow, uh just all positive vibes, like in this little part. Right? Like, yeah, they kinda... basically like Go ahead. Oh no! I'm just saying, like he's showing them how to lasso. They're they're showing him some shit. They're feeding them. They're even though it's not, um, you know, maybe their desired cuisine, uh, but it's all yeah, <laughs> grubs. Yeah, they eat the grubs. grub, the grub worms. Which, um, <laughs> Go ahead. Which, by the way, was dough. It was dough yeah. uh, in real life because really? they didn't really? want to actually kill any animals on set. That's know? right, and they mentioned that too. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and but oh yeah, I, they what, do. Yeah, at the end they 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 said that they explicitly state that uh, before the credits. But so the worm, like this one thing was, I thought was kind of funny, is uh, like crazy Cora, of course, right? She's she's a little yeah. more gnarly. She just grabs it, and you know I'm hungry, whatever. Like this yeah, this sucks, but I'll eat down. it. And he's kind of like, oh, I don't need anything that moves. And she says, uh, Well, why don't you shoot it? And he says, Like, all right, fuck it. She did it. I'll do it. And so he grabs, or, but what's funny is there's like three of them just kind of laying there. He picks the one that's like looking at him, like, don't eat me. Yeah, he picked like the biggest one. I would have picked yeah. the one that the lady <laughs> had already bit into. He goes, he's so squeamish about it, but then all of a sudden he decides to pick the, you know, the one that's actually moving around looking. I just thought that oh, was kind of weird. It is rough. It is a rough scene, but it's a it's you know yeah it's a it's a whole getting to know you, getting to know you. <laughs> it is. It's touching uh, that, that whole little <laughs> exchange, you know. Yeah, dude. And um, then there's a scene where it's really fucked up. Um, I think it's a we get to where the the natives end up. Uh, I think they end up leaving, and then. Cora tells her story that we find out why she keeps calling him Roy because her husband's name was Roy and he was not home at some point and some Comanches broke into their home and uh, she headed into their shed under the house but the baby was starting to cry and you know and whine and stuff so she was trying to keep it quiet by putting her hand over his mouth but she was so stressed and the anxiety was so high she unfortunately smothered him and the Comanches just left because um, they were just drunk and her husband Roy returns home and is so pissed off he ships her to Australia to go rot yeah so fucked up we're like yeah. oh she's just this crazy whore right. <laughs> and it's like oh no she's right. like, yeah, no. all of a sudden shit gets heavy you know like, like oh, oh wait shit. Fuck. Like she, she, so now all of a sudden you're carrying this emotional weight of her accidentally killing her own baby can you fucking imagine that and not that only that, so but up. instead of having like your, you know, your spouse, your person that's supposed to be there for you and, and support you in, in times of good and bad, uh, just like, you know what? No, that's so fucked up. I don't care how you were trying to protect, uh, you know, yourself and the baby. Nope. Done. And then she describes how he just like turned around and didn't even look back. Man, that shit was yep. like gut wrenching little. Ex- and she says uh, this whole story there. like. And she says the whole story kind of like she's just reading a book. Like it doesn't yeah. even seem like right. she doesn't really get emotional. She just sort of says it and then goes to bed. 
it's really weird. Yeah. But then, like but Quiggs, Qu- Quiggs is like, oh shit, that was heavy. Like fuck. Yeah. And uh, yeah. then he's, you know, I think at that point he's like, I'm gonna marry this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, de- he doesn't say it, but at that point, that's where he, that's where he turned. <laughs> there's some possibilities there now. Because <laughs> there's a rationale. <laughs> there's a rationale behind the crazy. So good enough for me. <laughs> oh man. So uh, they they that yeah. That's what we get. That's you know us guys that give it those girls are a little you know off kilter. It's just because we see the rationality. We can see the heart in you. You know. So, yeah. There yeah. you go. So it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. So then uh, they wake up in the morning uh, to the indigenous folks heading into the bush, but all of a sudden Marston's men come through and they start attacking them. Cora, of course, heads toward the gunfire because she's crazy. <laughs> she's and crazy. Uh, <laughs> Quiggs grabs his rifle and he starts shooting. He shoots one guy down and distracts them. The tribe's able to get a couple of people. One rider gets away, but unfortunately uh, one of the indigenous uh, women gets shot. And um, the whole movie is just sort of day shit, night shit, over and over after this. Um, <laughs> uh, there's some point. There's a point where Cora wants to get it on, but she still keeps calling him Roy, and he's like, "Girl, if you you have to say two words, Matthew Quigley, and you can enter my bed." Basically, is what he says. Um, so until she says the two magical words, she does not get to ride that mustache. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> she missed it. <laughs> I wonder if anyone went up to Tom Selleck after this and said Matthew Quigley and just like took off their panties. Oh, uh, I, so- I'm sure that I guarantee you. <laughs> I, I would bet my house that that happened at that time <laughs> in a Tom Selleck. Yeah. Like maybe just past his prime, but pretty damn close. Maybe not Magnum PI level, but he was. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that happened. hundred percent. Oh, totally. He's still pretty rugged here, so I mean that's the that's we're, the we're, ultimate mustache ride for for anybody interested in that, <laughs> right? Is it not? I mean, oh yeah, that's. Oof, you know, you, there's no roller coaster better than that. Tell you what, no, no. So uh, we get we get back at Marston's place, and he finds out about Quigley. He says uh, Matthew Quigley is really beginning to annoy me, and he he offers fifty pounds in gold to the dude that can bring Quigley in. Yep. So now we got a real fucking movie. So then uh, Quigley right. says, uh, <laughs> Quigley says they're lost. So we're back in the fucking Australian bush just fucking running oh. around. And then we get a really fucked up scene. Uh, go ahead and give it to us. <laughs> go give it to us, Benji. Whoa. Which one? I'm, I'm trying Where, to place. Uh, all the people are falling off. Of, it involves the cliff. Oh, this is, this is the war. <laughs> Dude, this is. I don't know why I'm the fucking worst. It's because it is like so out of nowhere. Like the movie's been kind of like, yeah, we've had some deaths, but Dude, you know, it, we've kind of yeah. had a light heart to it. But then we're like, now we're gonna start doing some like fucking <laughs> fucked up shit. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and I, I, no, I, I feel like a dick for that. But yeah, this is where it gets like, like genocidal. Like it, it really yeah. is. Like they're exterminating. It's, it's rough to watch because you can imagine. Like this is fucking. This is the history shit. Like this really yeah. happened, you know? And For so, sure. yeah, so they, uh, they come in and, uh, start firing shots and just shooting down. I mean, babies and, um, yeah, but they're running them off. That's where it's really fucked up because that's some shit. I don't know what it was about them running them off the cliff that was so fucked up, but it's, it's like even worse. Right. Cause 
something about yeah, that it, has like some historical context where but yeah you're right like watching it like there's all these little quirky like kind of funny moments like it's just this weird after school tom Selleck, um fucking it's like almost dis almost disney yeah it is it's like so it's like kind of disney-esque but then you have these little moments of like fucked up like her telling the story like that's a dark moment dude like accidentally killing her own kid and then yeah then they're running these these aboriginals off of the fucking cliff with their horses and shit and they're falling to their deaths and uh it's crazy <laughs> yeah, it's real it is crazy up. so then quig starts tries to she starts shooting out and trying to get them to leave and uh they all eventually head out but not before you know there is like a pile of bodies down in the bottom and uh there's a scene where crazy cora goes down to see if anyone's okay, if any if anyone is alive but every it's just i'm talking women children like yeah. they are just dead on the bottom of the cliff like it is a fucked up scene and but then there's like a fucking miracle baby that just like survived yes. somehow i guess the mom kept the kid uh, over her and was able to cushion the fall and so she grabs the baby and while this is happening the quigster is talking to this other dude who is like his <laughs> his, his, his spine's all <laughs> fucked and he's like dude like finish me off bro like i can't move i can't do shit yeah. and and he tells him Tell me where the fuck to get to Marston, and then I will finish you off. He eventually tells him. The dude tries to shoot Quigley, and Quigley's like, you only got one more shot in that gun, so you can shoot me, but you're going to be stuck here until fucking, I don't know, the dingles will eat you or ants will eat fuck you. Fuck yeah, they will. So he blows <laughs> his own brains out because this is a fun adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Quigley down under. Oh, <laughs> So right, you know, with all this going on, Cora uh, <laughs> and Quigley they head to a cave together, and they decide that Quigs is going to go out to the nearest town to get supplies because the baby needs milk and they need ammunition, and so she, he leaves her with a couple of guns and two days worth of water, and he heads out. And he actually does tell her like, "Yo, if you see the if you see the the Aborigines come through, like you're going to give the baby to them, right?" And she's like. Just make sure you bring me a dress. And he's like, right, ah, right. damn, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, sh- sure, sure, fine, right, yeah, whatever you said. Yeah, because she's-, she's like, this is flipped her again, where now she like feels like she has a second chance to like have yep. a baby again. That's exactly what so, it is, yep. Not good. We're t- we're toying with some real serious subjects. It is. I am <laughs> Yo, yeah. way too immature to even handle. This is way too much. But this is the movie, y'all. This is the movie we're talking about. Some stupid assholes decided they wanted this on the show, so this is what we're talking about. So uh, Quiggs goes out, and he eventually gets to this town at night, and there's this nice, sweet family, and I don't even know what they are. They're not Australian, but they're, they the one of them is like a gunsmith, so he's going to help make him more bullets because I think he needs special bullets for his rifle, so he's going right. to help make him the bullets. And the sun comes down, and when the sun meets him, he's like, oh, you're you're the guy that's been saving the aboriginal people. And he tells them that they call him the spirit warrior, which in English, um, in, our Eng- in our language, translates for great white hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yes. So, uh, <laughs> right. so, yeah, they call him the spirit warrior. Uh, he's, he's, like, he's been there for like two days, and this guy's like a fucking local legend. <laughs> he's shit, a legend. Um, he's a mythical creature at this point. He's not even a no. fucking man. It's amazing, man. 
So then some of Marston's dudes intercept the gunsmith's kid who was out grabbing the horses and then they head to the we head back to the cave with the baby. It's crying, so I'm already getting kind of freaked out. I'm like, wait a minute, the baby's crying oh, at night. Shit. We see some yeah. dingoes in the area. They did a right. good job shooting the dingoes, by the way. Like they actually look scary, but they were actually just trained dingoes that were playing around and they added sound effects to make them look fierce. Okay, yeah, because they did. They look I I mean, yeah, you think of them they're like fucking a pack of wolves or yeah, something. Yeah, dude, they're freaky you know? as shit. Yeah. So, well, uh, oh, and I just wanted to add before we get for so before he left Cora with remember with the gun he's like do you even know how to fucking shoot this thing oh yeah and uh and remember she's like oh what the fuck like I, and that we learn at some point she's from uh like Galveston right yeah yeah at some point she was yeah or, she says she's she a was Mexican she says tech, she, yeah she yeah. goes she goes well yeah of course bitch I'm a fucking Texican I thought that was funny yeah they don't use I that wasn't term expecting. Anymore. Yeah, I was I wasn't <laughs> expecting that from Quigley Down Under, so I was like, "Oh, that's still <laughs> fucking represent." Like, oh shit, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's right, because you're uh, Houston, right? Yes, sir. Oh, nice, yes, nice. Each time. So, uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, so yeah, that. <laughs> so then we go and uh, when I saw the dingoes, dude, I I don't know if you watched Seinfeld, but I could not stop thinking of that dingoes <laughs> eat your baby scene. I'm like, oh my god, there's a baby, it's crying, dingoes are coming for it. Oh, and- that's the only that's the only thing I was thinking about. <laughs> dingoes eating the baby. <laughs> like, but then she starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Then she starts putting her hand over the baby's mouth, and I'm like, this bitch is going to kill a second baby. (laughs) I was starting to freak out, dude. I'm not kidding. I was like, I'm not going to talk about this movie if two babies die. Like, I just can't do it. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, she snaps out of it. She's like, you know what? Cry, baby, because I'm going to get a gun, and we're going to make this bitch fire, and I'm going to fucking kill these dingoes. So she does. She shoots one of the dingoes, and then it's kind of cool because, like, she shoots one of the dingoes because it's weak. The other dingles fucking attack it and eat it. That's I know, dope. dude. Yeah, it was. That was like. I was like, holy shit. That, well, that, that, yeah, me, me too. I remember thinking when that was going down, I was like, oh shit. Like, in other words, it's sort of describing like the the, the enemy there and how fucking gnarly the territory they're in. It's just like, this is yeah. dog eat dog. Like, it's literally, this is dog eat literally dog. Literally dog bitch. eat dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you ain't in fucking. Galveston, no, or you yeah. ain't in Wyoming yeah. or wherever the fuck. Like, <laughs> this Hell no. ding- dingoes are gonna eat your babies real quick. Type so of territory. We, <laughs> yeah. So we head back to the town where I think about three of Marston's men start shooting at Quigs. He takes out one guy, then he ends up getting stuck on the second floor of this house, and a damn fire breaks out. He's stuck on the second floor. He tries getting out windows, but they're shooting at him. He finds what I guess is a sunroof, um, uh, or like a not a sunroof. What do you call it in the house when you have like a little window up top? I don't know because they don't yeah. have those in the, the south side. I don't. The term, yeah, the term escapes me, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Fuck, but anyway, yeah, there's a fucking window up there for some reason. He breaks through. He does this cool shit where he puts his shot or his rifle across the across of it, and then like fucking catapults himself up, like holds himself up like a gymnast and shit. I was like, damn, that's some sexy shit. Quickly, that was, yeah. that's some magic Mike shit. Yeah, so <laughs> so with that with that stash. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, dude. So he gets up on the roof, and this is like a whole like kind of hijinksy way of fighting like he it's it's he's because he's out you know he's out gun he's trying to he at least has the higher ground so he's able to kind of yep. hit the guys eventually he 
tries to sneak past them because the, the townspeople are trying to put out the fire with buckets of water. Like, that's going to fucking work. Like, just Fuck let the yeah, burn. This, like, right. Yeah. Th- this it's fire over. was huge. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, it was. And there's like a scene where he gets behind a. He pretends like he gets behind a boat, but actually goes into like some kind of weird water. Um, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a little water runoff tunnel that they have there in the town. Mm-hmm. And he goes up to it while they're distracting, looking at the boat that they shot up because they thought he was behind it. He's like, he says, excuse me, even though he could have just shot him from the back. But I guess he's too prideful of a man to not shoot a guy when he's not looking at him in the eyes. So <laughs> right. he's like, excuse me. And he starts shooting at him. <laughs> they're shooting. I mean, they did shoot. They get close to shooting him. I'm like, bro, why yeah. would you do that? But uh, he takes all three of them out. Or I think one of them he just shoots in the leg. But then, of course, when if this movie couldn't fucking kick you in the balls in the like more than it already has, <laughs> he goes up to this sweet family that he, we just met ten minutes ago, and the fucking mom has been shot in the fucking chest. He's like this innocent lady who is super sweet. Yeah. And the fucking dad, who's like this older man, goes, why? And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, of course, now that a white lady's died, Quigley's ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> he just saw indigenous people fly off a cliff. But once he saw this wife die, he was like, he he stops the guy who, who was trying to get away that he shot in the leg. And he goes, you tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. That's it. So. Don't shoot any fucking not any of my white people. Don't shoot any. <laughs> so <laughs> you're fucked. It's really weird, but that's kind of the way the movie unfolds yeah. here. And uh, so then eventually he goes back uh, to Cora, and he's worried about her because he sees the fucking dead dingo outside and shit like that. And yeah. he, he wakes her up. And she's, like, tripping, bro. She's like, the Comanches came in. She basically tells the story again of what happened, but this time yeah. the baby lives. Right. Um, she's crazy. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's still crazy. Like, we don't – we haven't made, made up that much ground yet. No, not quite yet. But at least yeah. she's making strides, positive yeah. strides. She didn't mm-hmm. kill a baby. She protected it. She survived the night. Things are good. He he brought her a new dress, which is very nice of, of right. him. Well, in the right color, know. but it was the thought that counts. It was the thought that counts. Yeah. Um, you think he just got it from the dead wife? <laughs> Ooh, maybe. <laughs> hey, uh, you know how she's not going to be wearing this anymore? You mind if I take a yeah, dress? I mean, you know, where am I going to? Am I going to go to a store and buy it? <laughs> I mean, this town is on fire. Can I just, <laughs> That's right. can I just like fucking take burning. a dress? Motherfucker's getting shot everywhere. Oh, I'll get any God. dress I can find. <laughs> So. But he got it. But he did bring a dress back. Oh yeah. So uh, they head back to town, and uh, Cora mentions that she's worried that he might get killed going after the Marston gang. And Quiggs is yeah. like, "Yo, baby, if she says some shit like that again, piss on that dress." I'm like, "Hell yeah, Quiggs, you tell her." That's right. Oh, my God. So then we see the Aborigines speaking with the, the gunsmith and his son. And I did not expect this scene, but Cora comes out and she gives him back the baby. Yeah. That was very brave of her. That was a mm-hmm. turning point for sure. You know? It was. She went from crazy-ass Cora to, like, just kind of eccentric Cora. You know, she's not right. fully yeah. uh, nutso. And and she she's endearing herself to you like the you know the the viewer like the whole time like inch by inch but this is where it's like okay 
you know what I mean? This was her redemption moment. She saved the baby. She did the right thing. She made the right call having learned from her mistakes. And then as, as attached to, you know what I mean? Think about it. You lost a child and now you, you're taking care of this one who's, uh, you know, as a mother and then to give that up because it's the right thing to do. The podcastio will be back after this special message. Hello, friends. I'm Taya. And I'm Sammy. And we're the hosts of the Offbeat Worm Podcast. Come check us out. We talk about so many things. Spooky things, silly things, and everything in between. Find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And we'll catch you on the Offbeat. See you soon. So now we're back with Marston, uh, and he has this one guy wear his coat and hat because he's pissed off at him, which is awesome. He's like, he's going to shoot his ass because he's going to think it's me. Because I think he asked about, he was like bitching about the reward or he wanted more money or something. I don't even yeah. remember. Some bullshit like that, but it's a baller move. Like, yeah, have him dress like me so that we get fucking shot in the face. <laughs> yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> so Quiggs comes through and pretty much kills one guy before even the damn sun goes down. Yeah. Then he sends a horse out and he lets him know if any men leave before dawn, you can safely leave except for Marston. And then Marston's like, you know what? He's just going to spring something on us during the night. He thinks I'm a fool. Yeah. Everyone stay up all night. Instead of, you know, doing a rotation where some of us sleep, everyone stay oh, awake so that fun. way you're completely <laughs> useless. You know, and that's what power. So there's two things I wanted to point out here. One, what a fucking badass fucking psyops move. By Quiggs. Dude, yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, if any motherfuckers want to get out of here, shit, I'm I'm coming after Marston. I'm going to shoot his ass. Fuck him. Because he probably knows that there's no way. Like, this is not a, uh, what do you call it, um, a productive leader, right? He's an asshole. He's a piece of no, shit. Yeah. He's, just, he's just flexing his power, you know, like by making motherfuckers dress as him so hopefully they get shot. I mean, this guy's a piece exactly. of shit, and he knows that. So he's like, yeah, exactly. anybody get a chance to leave, I'm just going to come shoot Marston. You know what I mean? Anybody and else? And that so, actually makes – Yeah. And three guys actually do leave. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, so it, it works. actually work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously there were a few guys that were like, yeah, he's got a point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really like working here go. either. Fuck this guy, man. I'm out. So uh, so now um, Quiggs quickly takes out two dudes who are lined up, which, by the way, I found out they call that a Quigley. Um, guys that are in the military that are snipers, if you can shoot one guy, two guys with one bullet, they call it a Quigley. Whoa. Uh, I thought that was interesting. That yeah, because he does that in this movie. He, uh, these guys are just happen to be back to back and boom, fucking kills two guys in one shot. So then Marston's like, you know what? Let's do something he doesn't expect. Let's head out in horseback and rush him, I guess. So right. I, it looks like he's got – he kind of sends him different directions so that way he doesn't know exactly where they're coming from. And he runs into two guys, and um, they kind of do like a little chase. If he only used a handgun, he could shoot a lot of these guys, but it's really hard when you have a rifle because literally you can't ride and you have one shot. Like it's really hard to reload. Uh, so it's it's a challenge. Because the whole movie, everyone keeps offering him a handgun. He's like, ah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need them, or I don't really use them, or something like that. And so that's kind of something that comes into play pretty soon. But he's doing, they're doing a whole chase, and they head down a cliff, which is pretty crazy. Like the horses are just barely holding on, and we do eventually see a horse that like completely goes off course. 
Um, then he ends up doing like a sort of home alone trap <laughs> where, where he sets up a, a he hits like a tree and a line comes across and the two guys go, whoa, they follow the ground. <laughs> Hey, everybody, I have some bad news. Um, we unfortunately lost Benji's audio in that right around this moment in the show, and I didn't realize it while we were recording until after I downloaded the tracks. Um, looking for some uh, improvements <laughs> so this stuff doesn't happen. I've never happened, it's never happened to me before, um, but it did, unfortunately. We missed a lot of good Benji material, uh, especially toward the end because this movie really does pop off. Uh, toward the end and unfortunately we lost that I'm going to try to salvage what I can so it's just going to be kind of a solo cholo uh, for the rest of this one but as you know uh, you can um, you can find Benji uh, in the Skip the Noise podcast wherever you listen to podcasts um, that's Skip the Noise podcast he's um, on Instagram at Skip the Noise podcast so just look it up find out their new their latest episodes it's going to piss you off sometimes, but it's a good thing, you know, because I, I, I think depending on what side you are, if, you know, you, he has a little bit of both voices on each side. He got a, he's got more of a conservative guy in the show. He's the kind of the moderator and you got a guy who's a little bit more liberal and you get to hear them go back and forth. But they're also all good friends, you know, so nobody's going to like lose their shit or anything like that. Or maybe someday somebody will and you'll get to hear a fight on a podcast. That's fun. Uh, and <laughs> anyway. Thanks, Benji, for joining the show, but uh, the rest of it's going to be uh, solo cholo. I will be having Benji back on, and I'll make sure we get his audio. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. <laughs> I'm in Australia. I'm in Australia, and I'm all alone. And so he ends up killing both those dudes. Then he gets into a battle with the uh, Captain Boomerang and the, the guy that's kind of like the big guy who's always afraid, like he's always been super scared uh, to do anything. He ends up killing the big guy by cutting the rope that was holding onto the big, the big old tree branch that he used for the trap. And the tree branch comes rolling down like it's a big log, and it comes rolling down and he hits the shit out of the big guy, so he's done down for the count. He has Captain Boomerang ready to fucking kill, but he does Captain Boomerang tricky shit and like he acts like he's surrendering, but he fucking like holds his gun in a weird way and boom, shoots him in the leg. And uh, this is the only time that's, that Irish guy gets a good hit in is he kicks him in the face, kicks uh, uh, Quiggs in the face before he can get to his rifle. Next thing you know, they're fucking racing him down the fucking dirt path all the way back to the freaking compound. How he even lived that, I don't know. Like, that shit looks horrible. I would hate that. Oh, my God. Imagine all the fucking dirt up your butt crack and all oh shit. Jesus. And so they drag his ass all the way over there. And we get quite an interesting scene where Marston just wants to be Mr. Cowboy Western dude. And he has them take off. He they, he has them take off the, the cuffs, like the ties. And he, yeah, this is so weird. He's like, you know what? We're going to have a duel. Let's have an old-fashioned duel. Yeah. And, you know. He gets a, a little sum sum for thinking he's such high shit because what happens is he's dumb enough to give Quiggs a freaking handgun thinking, oh, yeah, he doesn't use these. He never wants to use them, so I have an advantage. And so and then Quiggs tells him just before they're about to start, he's like, this isn't Dodge City and this and you're not Bill Hickok, who is like famous dual gunslinger. So an actor, he was a whole bunch of things. But then um, so then Marson goes for his gat. 
like real like he, he you see him going to it but fucking quickly like not only shoots the two guys next to him but he fucking shoots him like it is insane it is one of the do- it, is, it kind of makes the movie worth st- sticking around this long because it was pretty fun um he goes up to him and he says i never said i i he's like i said i never had much use for one i never said i didn't know how to use it and then um marston's a uh, a servant comes through the guy that knocked him in the back of the head earlier in the movie but he brings him his rifle. He's like, you know what? I shouldn't have knocked you in the back of the fucking head the last time. Like, you're a pretty cool cat, bro. And uh, <laughs> and he's free now. Like, you know, his his uh, master is dead, so he takes off his shirt and heads back to his uh, to his people. It's cool, like how he just started like stripping off this. Like, he's like, fuck this white man bullshit. And your weird hats and your weird cowboy hats where one side is folded up like a taco. Uh, so, <laughs> and so, well, he doesn't bust his cock out, but yeah, you know, yeah. And so, but then uh, and the two um, and the two women that they had captive there, they leave as well uh, with clothes on. Though. <laughs> I think they're not going. They're like, let's wait until we get there. You don't you don't want to have your pussy out when there's snakes and all kinds of fucking critters out there. Like, nah, just get there first. So then uh, Quiggs uh, washes up, and he sees a bunch of men approaching from a distance, and it is those damn redcoats. And uh, they they mention, (laughs) they're such fucking, oh, my God, these guys are a total joke in this movie. So they tell Quigley that he's under arrest for all the crimes he's done and all the men he's killed and everything. And they're making a big old shit deal about it. All of a sudden, the aborigines... All the tribes people in the area who he's been helping this through, you know, a lot of this movie, they basically surround, they surround, uh, there's all these cliffs and mountains that surround the area that they're in around that little compound. And it looks like there's 300, 400 people just, they all stand out there with their weapons and everything. And the the British people kind of like are oh shit like this is what you're rolling with dog <laughs> like damn he came with some backup dang could you imagine somebody mess with you and you all of a sudden you got like 350 dudes that just like stand up around you like that is dope so uh, Quigley's like rolling with the biggest posse I guess and British dudes freak the hell out they go ahead and scurry off get the fuck out of town and it's crazy because Quigley's like. He's been shot, so he pulls off his bandana that he's had around his neck most of the movie, and he wraps up, wraps it up around it like a tourniquet. And by the time he looks up, all of the tribes people are gone, just disappeared. So that's a very, you know, I think what a lot of like Hollywood movies do when it comes to tribes people, they kind of make it seem like oh magical, but I'm pretty sure they were just like yeah, job is done, let's go. <laughs> But they kind of make it seem like like it was some kind of superpower or some shit. But it was a it's a really dope part. It's like a, it's one of the most memorable parts of the film. Then after all that magical stuff, uh, he um, he goes. Oh, he heads to a shipping agent because he now he's ready to head home. He catches he wants to catch a boat to the states. This dude like reacts really crazy. He grabs a gun, but then we see he's got a poster that says American named Matthew Quigley wanted, you know, dead or alive. And so he has his gun ready and he's like, what is your name, sir? So that way I can put it on your whatever passport or whatever. And Quiggs is like kind of staring because he gets distracted because he sees uh, Cora and she's in this like nice red dress. Her bosoms are pushed up. She's looking real good. 
I mean, they kind of did. It's kind of the she's all that thing where she was already hot. She just they just kind of tried to make her look a little off, and all of a sudden she looks super super sexy. And he goes, "Ah,、uh, the name's Roy, Roy Cobb." And he's like, "Oh, okay." So he puts down the gun, and then they end up walking together. And he doesn't shoot him, and Cora finally. Tells him,、uh, she says,、um, "Didn't you say I had to say two words for us to make, you know, to have some love?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Matthew Quigley," and they start fucking freeze frame, and that's it.、And、then we get that no animals were killed or injured during the making of this film because it, it, like, the, they did such a good job with the practical effects and stuff like that with the animals. It did look like a lot of animals got hurt,、uh, but I guess they did it. So, good job. Yeah, I didn't know you could teach a dingo how to get shot, but they did a good job. All right, so I, I mean, as y'all know, there, there I do have a segment in my show where I、um, kind of get inspired by a scene in the movie, and I like to do a quick impression of it. So this is a segment I like to call "Quick Impressions." <clears throat> <laughs> Quick impressions. Well, how's that then, Mr. Morrison? Pretty good, old Flynn. You've improved. Wear your holster a bit higher, and then you can grab the gun on the way up. Well, I'm faster, aren't I? Yeah. Think I'll ever get to be as fast as you? What do you mean? If you practiced a lot? Yeah. No. <laughs> Very good, old Flynn. You've improved. Do you think I could ever be as good as you, Mr. Marston? What you mean? If you practiced a lot? Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you. That's a. <laughs> I really just wanted to do O'Flynn. I really did not do Marston very well, but hey, you know, we all. We, who cares? We, I'll I'll put the scene. I'll put the audio of the scene before, and people will figure out what I'm doing.、Uh, so as you. <laughs> As you know, I do rate these movies by mustache.、Um, you can give it the full Fu Manchu recommendation for like badass. You can give it the walrus mustache recommendation for pretty damn good. You can give it the horseshoe mustache if it's like eh, not bad, and you can give it the Hitler mustache if you want this movie to burn in hell. Well, I will go. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go low tier walrus. I'm gonna go mid tier walrus. I think talking about it has made me like it a little bit more. I I think uh the I and also I think I need to watch it again because、uh, I've I only saw it one way full way through. Um, but I do give it a good mid tier walrus. I think I think it's an adventure film that wanted to be epic but doesn't quite get epic enough. You know, like it's definitely they do a lot of stuff and there's a lot of twists and turns. But it never, the stakes never feel super big. I never feel like Quigley's gonna lose, really, even when he's like in some trouble.、Um, and some stuff is semi predictable, but I think in most westerns that's kind of the thing. You're, it kind of reminds me like most other very like genres that are like that. You, you, there's a kind of a formula to it. But I think they do. I think they did a really good job with capturing that neo western style. A film. I feel like Tom Selleck is great for the part. He's like a good mix of charming,、um, rugged, dangerous, confident. Like he captures all that swaggy. You know, he captures all that kind of energy. Well, real big dick energy with his giant rifle and shit. So, so he he does a great job as as for a guy named Quigley. Does a great job、uh, making himself look badass.、Um, I feel like the other cast of characters, even like some of the 
um, some of the Australian the Australian actors that they have in the movie that play some of uh, the henchmen, like they do a damn good job too. I th- I thought everyone did a great job, great casting. So it definitely earns its walrus mustache. So yeah, I I I do recommend um, if you haven't seen Quigley Down Under, give it a whirl. It's a good movie if you're kind of I call it a good hangover movie. You know, like you could be chilling out and you're kind of dozing off, and you catch up in the middle of the movie and. You know, you get to see crazy Cora say some fucked up shit and, you know, and she's pretty, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can scratch my eyes out. Just don't scratch my dick off. Awesome. Um, Only thing I got to say is uh, be sure to rate and review the show, y'all. Uh, we want, I definitely want to get some more reviews in. If I, if y'all, if y'all, I, I, I know there's other podcasts that do this, but if you roast me in the review, I'll, I'll read it as long as it's five stars. I think it's a funny bit. Um, and if you have anything less than five stars, just come straight to me and let me know. We can talk it over and just and figure out what you have a problem with and go from there. And also don't forget about the discord, join the discord. There's a lot of good shit going on in there. A lot of good stuff. We even have like a, I have a channel on my discord called discord called attempting to work out actually pretty motivational for any of y'all trying to lose that COVID weight. Everyone is so positive there. We have such good, positive listeners, very motivational, giving out ideas of what they do and their exercise routines. I know it's weird because my show's about mustaches, but I try to cover a lot of different topics on my Discord because, you know, we all like different shit. We're not all just talking about mustaches and shit. Anyway, uh, well, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you to all the mustachiosos out there supporting the show. Interact with the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now Discord. Just click on the link in the show notes. If you really love the show, visit the shop on Bonfire and get yourself a t-shirt. Mustachio Podcastio is the weird uncle of the Podmoth Media Network.